Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Moving the Needle with Jason Redman, the podcast that is focused on how we move our lives forward, how we overcome the adversity all of us encounter alive in our lives, and most importantly, how successful, elite, amazing people continue to move that needle every day. Needle movers, I got to tell you what, you are in for a treat today. I have an amazing guest, a wonderful, wonderful individual a great friend of mine. He is a philanthropist. He is a global entrepreneur. He has made an impact around the world. He is one of the most influential businessmen, definitely that I know. Uh, You may recognize some of the brands he's been involved with, uh, a brand of a fantastic tasty beverage known as Patron. You have probably put some of your products and your lovely hair as a Navy SEAL. Our hair is so important to us. So I have used the Paul Mitchell brands to to take care of these luscious locks. Maybe you partied one day in the House of Blues, and he has been involved in all these businesses, helping move them down the road, moving the needle. Along with that, he has supported just countless, countless, countless organizations, uh, including he is a huge proponent to take care of our law enforcement, our our, our police, our fire, and veterans. I've worked with him with some of the nonprofit programs there. And he is doing some amazing things in Africa to fight hunger and for conservatism in Africa. But I got to tell you, his story of where he came from, guys, for those of you out there that try and tell yourself, well, I'm not in this place. I'm at the bottom. There's nowhere I can ever get to the top. I tell you what, my guess, John Paul DeJoria did not start out at the top. He did not start out with a silver spoon in his mouth. As a matter of fact, he fought, he clawed, he moved the needle in his life. He overcame amazing adversity to get to where he is today. And uh, it is my fantastic honor to introduce to the Moving the Needle show, Mr. John Paul DeJoria, or JP, as he is known to those of us that have spent time with him. Welcome to the show. I thank you, my friend. A pleasure being on here with you. Ah, thank you, JP. It's an honor. There's so much that I know that so many others can learn from you. You are such a giving person. I've had the great honor of spending some time with you. But I got to tell you, let's unfold it. As many people know that we, we do this show in two parts, and that first part is how we, how we got to where we are today, how we started at that point A. Life is a journey. It's all about navigating that journey. And, uh, and you grew up in some pretty difficult circumstances there in uh, Los Angeles, California. So tell me about that and tell me about that first step where you decided I was going to make a change in my life and, and the entrepreneur bug bit you and you said, I'm going to start changing my own destiny and taking it in my own hands. Very good question. Now, born in Los Angeles oh, 76 years ago, 1944, and the war was starting to come to an end at that time. And unfortunately, we had a deadbeat dad. So at two years old, it was really my mother, my brother and I. And we lived in the Echo Park area of Los Angeles. And we didn't have anything. We didn't have a TV or anything like that at all. But we didn't know we were without because we didn't know any better. We didn't have TV to watch. We thought everyone was like we were. And there was always food on the table. My mom always managed. And then at seven years old, I got my first job. And that was selling Christmas cards to make a little bit of money. And from 11 years old on out, my brother, who was older than I and I, always had a job. At 11 years old, was a morning paper route with the LA Examiner, for example. And then after school in high school or junior high school, always found a job. It was usually janitorial jobs, sweeping the floor at one time, stewards, cleaners, brushing blankets, sweeping the floors, things of that nature. Anyways, I graduated from high school and uh, I grew up though with a lot of love. We may not have had very much at all, but a lot of love. And I'll tell you an interesting story in growing up and moving needles. At six years old, my mother took my brother and I to downtown LA at Christmas time, gave us a dime and said, you boys hold this dime half each, put it in that bucket with someone ringing the bell. And we did. We said, mom, why do we give that person ringing the bell with a red bucket a dime? In those days, it was two large Coca-Colas or three candy bars. Okay. We were just little kids. She said, boys, that's the Salvation Army. They take care of people that have absolutely nothing. Always remember in life, boys, that No matter what happens, someone needs something more than you do. Try and share. We can only afford 10 cents, but we're doing something. It always stuck by me. I graduated from high school, went to the United States Navy, where I served proudly on the USS Hornet. uh, I'm a Vietnam vet. Got out uh, as everything was firing up there uh, into civilian life. 
and then had a variety of jobs, quite a variety of jobs. Uh, from a few of my jobs, I was fired because I believed in not testing on animals and they were testing on animals with one company. And I told them that was stupid. And I was a national manager, but upper management said, no, no, no. We're doing this with our hair care products because it makes us look good. I said, but we make hair care products for people. You, know, you can't pour all these little marmoset monkeys all the time. It's really doing no good. You know, it's on people. She says, yeah, but it makes us look good. I said, well, this is just wrong. Can I take them for a walk afterwards? And they said, well, no, no one lets them leave that little room, period. So I complained again. I said, it's wrong. Two weeks later, I was fired. And <laughs> it go over with upper management. But it was instilled on me that, you know, there's, there's a lot of living things here that we should not destroy needlessly. So I had a variety of jobs. And I worked for several cosmetic companies, tried being my own business as a consultant. As I started to do that, I found out that if I gave you what you needed, you only needed me for three months because I told you everything. I didn't feed around the bush. So anyways, now it's coming around 1979. And a dear friend of mine, Paul Mitchell, who was a hairdresser, very top hairdresser, avant-garde guy, uh, lived in Hawaii. I was living in LA. And we decided, hey, why don't we come out with our own hair care company? I know formulators that could do our new nice formulation. Paul, you're a hairdresser. I'm not. You can check it out and make sure it works the way a hairdresser would. Let's do something unique. So Paul was working on it. And come 1980, we finally got three products. A shampoo you have to use only once for two different types of hair and a conditioner you leave in your hair. And we needed a half a million dollars, $500,000 to start Paul Mitchell Hair Care because I could do it with that. I knew it. The backer pulled out, Jason. <laughs> he uh, didn't give us the time. I quit everything I did. My friend Paul flew over on an airplane to L.A. to get some of the money when he came in. He was on his last bucks, and he was a little older than I was, but a great stylist, unbelievable educator. And the money never came in. So as a matter of Paul, the guy changed his mind. Now, why did he change his mind? 1980 inflation is 12.5% in the United States, 10.5% unemployment. Interest rates, if you could get a loan, were 17% minimum, if you could qualify for a loan. Our hostages were still in Iran, and you had to wait in line for gasoline. The guy said, it's the worst time to ever start. I'm sorry, guys, but I'm not sending you any money. I, I can't be in this. So, Paul, how much money do you have? Can you spare? He says, JP, I could spare 350 bucks. That's it. I just left everything I did, including my home which I wasn't really getting along with the person I was with at the time. Perfect time to leave. I left them whatever money I had and the newer car. I took the older car. That was a cool, funky old classic right down the hill to get the money. Nothing was there. So there I am homeless. I was going to move into the Tropicana Motel for a couple of months. So we got the business running. No money. So what I did was I only had a couple hundred dollars in my pocket. I went to my mom's house, but I was proud, very proud. I said, mom, can I borrow from you $350? I'll give it back to you in a month. She goes, why? You have a good business going. You make good money. I didn't want to tell her, one, I just left my situation with uh, the lady I was with there, my wife. And number two, mom, can I stay in my room? I know it's empty. Can you feed me for a month? I was too proud. I didn't want her to know. So I took the money and that's what we started Paul Mitchell with, $700 and uh Thankfully, before we ever got to this point, we arranged for 30-day credit, and no one had any idea. We just reduced the size of our orders down considerably, went out there, and created product within two weeks. So everything was ready to go. We took the silk screener, the artwork. We did black and white because we couldn't afford color. Black and white was one-third the cost of color. And I said, let's have 10,000 instead of 100,000 bottles. Silk screener, same thing. I want 3,000 shampoo one, 3,000 shampoo two, 4,000 leak conditioner. And within two weeks, we had it in our hands. But we had two weeks left before the first bill was due. So I shoved product in my car, even though I was sleeping, and I just shove it in there, right? Drive up Ventura Boulevard in North Hollywood, California, from beauty salon to beauty salon. And I thought, this is the best way to go. One, I've been in the beauty salon industry anyways. And number two, if anybody knows about a good product, it's a hairdresser. They know. They would use it, say, God, this is the best shampoo or leave-in conditioner and later with sculpting lotion I've ever used. They would use it on their customer and tell them and maybe give them some for home maintenance, what to use in between visits because we had no advertising budget. And that's how we started the company on a real shoestring. But we believed that if we showed enough people 
what we had. Enough people saw what we had. By God, it would catch on. Now, a lot of people ask me, and you're going to ask me this, so I'm going to answer before you even ask me, okay? JP, when did you know Paul Mitchell Hair Care or John Paul Mitchell Systems and Company is actually going to make it? I mean, how difficult was it? It was so damn difficult. It took two years, Jason, two years to be able to pay our bills on time, not pay them off. But after two years, we could actually pay them on time instead of saying, hey, the check's in the mail, right? Then we knew we made it. Now, what happened along the way? I learned how to live off the first couple of weeks till we sold some product, $2.50 a day. 99 cents went to the Freeway Cafe. If you're there after nine o'clock before 11, you got one egg, one piece of toast, a choice of one piece of sausage or bacon. I took the sausage, it was bigger, and either a cup of coffee or orange juice. That was breakfast. As the day went on, a place there called Torino started something called happy hour. If you got there by 4.30 and before 6, for 99 cents, you would get a margarita. Now, it wasn't a Patron margarita, it was a margarita. But they had all these little uh, salsas, chicken wings, little tostadas. Well, after 20 of those, you've got a good dinner. Well, after a week or so, they caught on and the waitress came over and said, look, is this your dinner by any chance? Because you're eating everything inside and you always leave me a quarter tip which was 25%, 99-cent margarita. I said, yep, and I told her what happened. Pretty soon, an enchilada would arrive every now and then or something. you know. And uh, I never forgot those folks. When I finally made it several years later, I went back and found them, and they got a tip of a lifetime. <laughs> so those are some of the things that we went through just to make it. And I'd like to share with your audience, too, about how you make it, how you overcome this. When you're down and out, you're not going to go any lower. God, you know that of anybody, my God, with your experience, holy cow. I mean, you're down there. The only place you could go up. So here's two things I try and tell people when you're struggling in life. Number one is this, be prepared for a lot of rejection. Even if you're rejecting yourself or your ability and or people or doctors or friends or business people or bankers or parents or boyfriends or girlfriends, whatever, are telling you, you're not going to do it. This isn't going to work. Okay. Be prepared for that. Because if you're prepared for rejection, it's not going to affect you the same way. It's like, well, of course I knew I'd get a lot of rejection. Kind of like when I sold encyclopedias in my uh, early 20s after I got out of the Navy, door to door, commission only. They said, you'll knock on a lot of doors, they'll be closed in your face, but it's the one that knocks on door 50 or 100. When the other ones were shut in your face, that's just as enthusiastic, just as motivated. The average lifespan of an encyclopedia salesman, door-to-door, commission-only with Colliers, was three days. I made it three and a half years because I believed them. The door shut. Hey, I just need to knock on a few more. And pretty soon, I'd knock on 100 to get through one. Then I got better my presentation. Maybe I knocked on 75. And then I got better. I knocked on 50. Then I knocked on 20. And I got through the door. So I didn't go along with what anybody told me other than I know I could do it. I'm going to give it my very best because I believe in it. The second thing is, whatever your service is, whatever your goal is, whether it's a business of your own or working for somebody else, never go into the selling business. Go into the reorder business. If you put all your information forward to get a job, to be at that job just to get it, or to sell a product just to sell it, there's where your attention is. But if you put your attention instead into reorders, how can my product or service be so good People want to use it again and again and again or tell others about it. Now you're truly in business. You're looking at long-term longevity opposed to I want to sell this in any way I can. Just a couple of examples along the way there. JP, I love it, man. There's so much to unpack. Uh, You just shotgunned a whole whole lot of experience is uh, crammed into uh, a very short period of time, about 11 minutes. There, there are several things that you hit on there that I think are really critical. One, I, I just wanted to touch on. I love the fact that the reason that the Paul Mitchell hair products are black and white and still to this day follow that same format is because you guys didn't have the money to use color back then. I think that's fantastic. Right. And, and we, you, didn't realize, we didn't even realize we were actually making a unisex product. Now we have some color on our bottles a little bit, but at that time we didn't know. But all of a sudden, it turned out to be unisex because it was black and white and appeared in guys and girls' mouth. That's exactly, and I'm sure, yeah, that's exactly why we did it. <laughs> so I, I'll tell you, there was something that you said, though, that I think is so critical for everybody out there. 
Um, we're all going to have ambushes. We're all going to be rejected. We're going to have the hard times. We're going to have the adversity. But it, but it's it is surrounding ourselves with the right positive people. And it sounds like your mom was such an amazing influence on you, despite not having a lot. Her ability to say, "Hey guys, we're going to give back," and I know that shaped who you are today. You have four children, and we are really living in challenging times. I have three children. I talk to a lot of friends with with kids on how do we shape our kids. And how do we motivate and educate them to go after their dreams? You had dreams that you built. Um, and, and, and sometimes kids today were inundated with information. I mean, these devices can be both a blessing and a curse. So we have to be careful with that. So how do you motivate, educate, encourage your kids to get out there? One of your own kids, and, and even when your kids have, let's just say, dangerous or even uh, even outlandish dreams. Uh, Alexis, your amazing daughter I've had the honor to meet. She's a drag, she's a, she's a funny card, drag card. Yeah. And uh, if anybody, I mean, that's a really dangerous activity, but it's amazing. And you have encouraged all of them to push forward and supported them. How do you do that in this day and age in these times? You know, and these times have changed, Jason. You're so right about that. They've changed. What I did with my children growing up, in the early days with my older ones, I had nothing, but they watched me struggle along the way. Now, I wish I would have been a dad at 30, not at, you know, in my early 20s, because I was a kid myself. But as I got better, I learned how to be a better parent. Part of it was to let them see what my values are, to talk to them about my values. Here's the values. I give them all at one time or another what I think is one of the greatest books ever written, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. It was written 90 years ago. That 20 bucks you spent on that book is well worth it. But it shows them how to respect people and talk to them properly to get a message across without hurting them or their feelings and in a way where they feel like they're part of how to be a good listener. So they grew up, the majority of them, around that kind of an environment. Now, a couple of them, actually all of them, started a business on their own, every one of them, okay? Uh, my youngest one, uh, John Anthony, who's in his early 20s now, uh, he's got his own uh, business in agriculture. Uh, Alexis, the race car driver, my God, she won the U.S. Nationals four years ago, retired, went right back to racing again, and uh, an unbelievable, like, she has her own business, her own racing team there, which is fabulous. And then I look at Michaeline, my daughter, who started out when Paul Mitchell was really getting going now. So I had her a little bit later on, about the middle of the 80s. And she grew up around the environment of, here's how we do it. Here's what we do. And she was around me a lot. And she went through, uh, oh, my God, she skipped a grade in school. She only was in high school for a few weeks when she could drive a car. The only kid, senior kid that was driven to school because she wasn't old enough to drive. Anyway, she got a couple degrees because she wanted to. Two degrees by the time she was 22 years old. Besides, at Paul Mitchell, she started her own business, which was in packaging and design and things of that nature. So they're very innovative, but they grew up around that. But let me also tell you another story of how when my mom influenced me, I told that same story to my kids, my little girls when they were small. Michael, my youngest, was probably five. Alexis was probably 10 at that time. And they made up a sign on poster board saying that if you will sign this poster board and commit to do something good for the environment, we will donate one penny out of our allowance to the environment on your behalf. They wouldn't fight up a market. Oh, my God, in a matter of an hour, that thing was signed from one end to another. And, of course, the kids gave their amounts of penny each you know, to a charity uh, to go through. They, they, they live with that, and they felt it. And the best things parents could ever do is whether you have nothing. And it can't be, well, I can't spend time with my kids because I have nothing. We had nothing. My mom worked all the time. For five years, we were in a foster home during the week because my mom couldn't take care of us while she had to work and make an income. We had a deadbeat dad, but she always gave us love. And a story I want to share with your people, she said, boys, we are going to do what the millionaires do. Today, we're going to have a taste of something called filet mignon. So, you know, I'm here, a young kid, right? She bought a little teeny piece. I'm sure the didn't cost was very little. Enough for my brother and I to each have one bite, her have one bite. Boys, that's filet mignon. We, just like the millionaires do, of course, we laughed and had a blast. When you're around a lot of love, no matter what you have, and you can give love to others, no matter what the situation, it changes the dynamic. So whenever we're down and out, guys, remember, it could get worse, yes, but better yet, it's going to get better. 
fill your mind full of positive thoughts and share and give and just give that love out. It's amazing how powerful it is. Many people in life have regrets. I regret this happened. I regret I did that. I hate that person. I'm going to get even with that person. I don't like him. I don't like that situation. They carry it on their shoulders. It's in their mind all the time. One of the great things about being okay with yourself and your life is remove that off your shoulders. Everyone you could ever think of that you've hated, you want to get revenge on, you don't like, you, have not, you just hate them, period, right? You just don't like them. Or any situation you were in that you hated, regret, whatever. To yourself or out loud, whatever you want, forgive them. Just forgive the situation, forgive the person. Say, I truly forgive you. I'm suffering more than you are. I'm suffering more now than the situation is suffering, okay? Forgive me. It gets off your back. You'd be amazed how high you get, how it lifts you up. That's one great thing to do and not think about what's bad over and over and over again. Uh, JP, I agree. I talked to so many people about the power of positivity in the face of negativity. I mean, that sign right there came about because of that choosing positivity. You know, it's such a dark moment in my life. And so many people get stuck in those dark moments. I, I, I call them the life ambush. I call them getting stuck on the X. And there are so many people out there that they get stuck. They get stuck in those points. They, they don't just focus on the negativity from or look for someone to blame, but they even they get stuck within the negativity within themselves. And they know they're capable of more, but they're either unwilling or unable to take that next step. Do you, when you look back on those, on the, on the early years, there's some big points you talk about. You talk about living in your car. You talk about, obviously, when your, when your investor was like, hey, sorry, I'm not going to help you. Um, those are hard moments. Those are life ambush. Is there any other moment, you know, on the path of the growth of Paul Mitchell into the company, you know, the global powerhouse it is today? Was there ever a moment that you look back on that was literally one of those moments, this tipping point where you guys looked at each other and you said, I have no idea how we're going to do this. And you thought maybe we'd be better off just shutting this down. And, and I think every business reaches a point like that and sometimes multiple, but it is truly, it's not like a, you know, oh, we just said it. It's like, we're contemplating days on how do we get out of this situation? How do we get off that X? Is there any pivotal moment that you remember in the journey that yeah, you were yeah. like, I don't Clear think we can be. go Okay. Clear as can be. The first day, Paul Mitchell came over from Hawaii. We're sitting there. There's no money. He says, oh, my God. Maybe, we, you know, we had everything set up at JP's. We can't do without any money. You know, why don't we just call it a day, call the people up, and uh, they haven't delivered yet and haven't screened the bottles yet. So just tell everybody, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're waiting a little while, just anything. And then I looked at him, and he looked at me, and I said, Paul, I just left everything I have. And I don't want to go crawling back. Okay. We know we have a damn good formula here. If we tell enough people about it, I'm willing to go door to door selling this myself and somehow get those bills paid. And Paul said, JP, I'm in Hawaii, but we'll ship some over there. I'll go to all my friends in Epsilon's in Hawaii. And you know what? Once hairdressers use this product, the majority go want to use it again. It's that good. So we said, all right, let's just do it. I don't care what it takes. And that's when I decided, where am I going to live? Okay, in my car, you know, where am I going to eat? Freeway Cafe, 99 cents. You know, just, it all started happening. When you go in a direction of positivity, I don't care what my situation is, I'm going to get from here to here. All of a sudden, things start coming your way. I remember the Freeway Cafe and their sign, 99 cents breakfast. I remember that going by El Torito, there was a sign we're starting happy hour, not knowing really what that was. But boy, did I check into it, you know, and uh, it was amazing how things come your way. I'm living in my car for a few weeks. And one morning, there's a knock on my door, the car door, actually on the window. It was Joanna Pettit. She was an actress, a good actress. She said, I heard you were living on Mohol and driving your car. I run this way. And I never looked inside this last week, JP, but you were in there. And that's why I knocked your window. You were sleeping. I said, yeah. And I told her what happened. She said, JP, I have an extra room in my house. I'll let you have for a couple of months. And she let me have that for a couple of months. And That's a wonderful right. lady. And I know CNBC did an interview and found it hard to believe that really happened. They found Joanna Pettit and she told them the whole story. So it was wonderful. In other words, that's how it happens. Things get pulled in when you go towards your goal. Obstacles are things we see when we take our mind off our goal. But there's going to be a lot of hardship, a lot of disappointment. But believe in yourself. God gave you some power to believe in yourself. And that magic energy works when you're really focused on the positive leave the negative behind. And for the first two years, every single day, every single week, 
we should have been out of business. And I kind of knew it a little bit, but I knew at the end we're going to make it. I just knew we're going to make it at the end. Took two years before we knew for sure, but we could pay all the bills on time. I, I love it. It's so true. All of us, I don't care who you are. I've met so many amazing, talented, incredibly successful people like yourself. And, and I don't care who you are. At some point, we all have some doubts on that journey from A to B. But the people who make it are the ones who continue to believe, who know, hey, I have the ability to get to B. And I know if I keep sitting here feeling sorry for myself or buy into these doubts, I'm never going to get there. I love that. That is what this life is about. That is what moving the needle is about. So, all right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're so honored to have John Paul DeJoria, JP himself, uh, here on the Moving the Needle show. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. Today's show is brought to you by Bubs Naturals, producers of the best collagen protein on the planet. How do I know? Well, I use it myself, and I am super stoked they partnered with us on our Moving the Needle show. Guys, life is about moving the needle, and Bubs is about moving the needle in your life. The reality is we're all slowly dying, and only through working out, good sleep, and good nutrition can we slow that aging process. And if you're like me, you've had a few crashes and collisions along the way. That's why I added Bubs to my morning routine. My JR Overcome Coffee has one scoop of Bub's Collagen and one scoop of Bub's MCT oil to get me going and to take care of my joints like my damaged elbow. As many of you know, in order to move the needle, you've got to be a point man for your life, setting the example, leading, building discipline and structure. Glenn Bub Doherty did this in his life, and Bub's Naturals is honoring Glenn. You may recognize his name because Glenn was a former SEAL, and he was on the rooftop in Benghazi, sacrificing his life. So Bubs is sacrificing by giving 10% of their profits back to charities. So guys, if you want to support a great company, and if you want to support yourself, get 20% off your first order when you use promo code POINTMAN20 at BubsNaturals.com. That's 20% off with promo code POINTMAN20 at BUBSNaturals.com. All right, guys, after every single mission, we would do what is called an after action. And I got to tell you what, in the Moving the Needle show, there's so many pieces of incredible information that we decided to break these things up and really dive into the lessons. Because sometimes when you hear someone speaking, these amazing elite billionaires, millionaires, professional athletes, all these incredible people like John Paul DeJoria, there's such amazing tidbits of information, so many lessons that we can pull out. So guys, I just want to summarize part one. JP, John Paul DeJoria, is the epitome of the American dream. And I tell you what, he is living proof that hard work enables success. This guy was never afraid to work hard. And I'll tell you what, he wasn't afraid of rejection. These are some of the things. There were so many lessons. I'll tell you one of the first lessons that I saw that popped out at me. And this is a really critical lesson, guys. You want to make it to the top. You've got to believe in yourself and you've got to believe in your convictions. I love how he talked about when he went to Redkin that uh, he ended up leaving because he didn't agree with their use of products on animals. It did not align with his belief system. And there's so many people out there that will continue to do something even though they don't believe in it. If your beliefs are not in alignment with what you are doing, if they are not in alignment with the company, with the team, with the culture, Guys, you're never going to get to the top. It is our passion. It is our passion, our ability to believe in ourselves and know that our values and our culture aligns with where we're going. If you stay for a paycheck, I guarantee you're going to be unhappy and I guarantee you will never reach the top. So I love this. This was such a great lesson that JP was talking about. You know, the next lesson that I saw is when he got on the X, when they started Paul Mitchell and everything was... <laughs> Nothing was going right. Their first investor, they adapted to get off the X. Your plans must be flexible. So many people get so rigid. They spend so much time developing these elaborate plans. And I got to tell you, in the military, we talk about no plan survives first contact with the enemy. What does that mean? Well, it means when bullets start flying, your plan may not go the way you thought it was going to. 
And if you stick to that plan, you're like, oh my God, bullets are flying. Things are blowing up. We've been ambushed. If you stick to this plan, if you rigidly adhere to it, you may end up dying. And there's so many people in business that have done the same thing. You've got to adapt to the situation and you have to have belief that you will not, that you will succeed. JP and Paul Mitchell needed $5,000 to start. That's what they believed. They believed they had gotten some people involved and they said, hey, you need $500,000 to start. And they had an investor tell them, we're going to give you $500,000. JP left everything. Paul Mitchell came from Hawaii. And then at the last minute, they had the rug pulled out from underneath them. That investor backed out and they were ready to give up on everything. They were ready to just call in the towel. They said, there's no way they can do this. But they believed in themselves. They had conviction. They adapted. And they just said, how can we do this? They got off the X. And that's what's so critical. They, they were told they needed $500,000. They scraped together $350 a piece, $700 total. And then they got 30-day credit on the products that they got. They ordered these products. It took, it took two weeks to get them. And then they had two weeks to sell them. It took them two years to get to the point where they could actually pay their bills on time, constantly having to tell vendors, uh, yeah, the check's in the mail. I know some of us have been there, right, in business. But you know what? They never stopped believing in themselves, and they constantly adapted that plan. You've got to believe the last part of that, they were willing to sacrifice. Guys, success does not happen overnight. If you think you're going to start a business, if you think you're going to become a professional athlete, if you think you're going to become a Navy SEAL, and it's going to be easy and right off the bat, you're going to be able to achieve the things you want, it takes sacrifice. It takes hard work. I mean, JP talking about he was living off $2.50 a day, talking about that he was going to the local, um, uh, basically the taco restaurant, you know, the uh, Mexican restaurant, and he was living off chips and salsa. I mean, that is sacrifice. And I tell you what, they pulled it out. So I love his advice when he talks about when you are down and out, be prepared for rejection. We go do hard things. People are going to tell you you're not going to make it. I am the most unlikely candidate to be a Navy SEAL. I am five foot nothing. I weigh a hundred nothing. You know, most people think I'm going to blow away in a stiff wind. You know, I am the most unlikely candidate ever to be a Navy SEAL. Everybody and their brother told me I'd never make it. And I tell you what, I let it be fuel for the fire. I knew people were going to tell me no. I knew for, to this day, I've started businesses. I've done things. I've been surrounded with rejection. There, I got a whole address book of people that hate me and don't want to see me successful. That's life. And you ignore them and you drive forward. Be prepared for the rejection. It's going to come. JP talked about that. And then I love this also. This was another great tidbit. Don't go into the selling business. Go into the reorder business. It is about follow-on business. Build a great product. Develop your customers. Give them value. Make them feel like they're more than just a sale. And they will want to come back for more. This was so great. And then the last part, guys, I talk about this so much. Surround yourself with positive people. Surround yourself with people who believe they can achieve. They have conviction in their beliefs. One of the biggest things I've missed about SEAL teams is we were a group that never stopped. We were relentless. I don't care what the odds said. If you told us, you know, the whole world is going to implode and turn on you, a platoon of SEALs would be like, I like the odds. I think we can take the whole world. It is impossible, but it was this relentless overcome mindset. It was a positive mindset. Stay away from the negativity Man, JP's mom set the example for them as a kid. She set the example of positivity. She set the example of giving back. She set the example of do not accept that the world you live in is this negative world. It doesn't matter how little you have. If you choose positivity over negativity, you can make a difference. It is about experiences. It's about giving back. I love the story of how his mom took him out and said, hey, we're going to eat like millionaires. They, they weren't even hundred heirs, you know, they were so poor and they got a little sliver of steak, but you know what? It planted that seed of positivity that JP took forward into his life, into his business, into his success. All right, guys. So that is part one. So many amazing lessons. Focus on those things. I guarantee it's going to help you achieve this success in your life and move that needle. We'll be right back. Let's jump into part two. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Moving the Needle podcast with our amazing, incredible uh, 
just talented guest, someone that I call a friend, Mr. John Paul DeJoria, JP, the founder of the Paul Mitchell Hair Care System, the founder of Patron, and I tell you what, a global philanthropist. He is truly someone that has moved the needle in his life, and what's amazing is he, have, he has moved the needle in the lives of millions of people that he has come in contact with, including this guy. So, JP, that is, uh, that's always how I like to start off the second segment, is what does moving the needle mean to you? As you go about your life, you've had all these successes, but I know you're not stopping. I know that every day, that's what successful people do. They continue to move the needle. How are you continuing to move the needle, and what does that mean to you? I think, to me, it goes along with the meaning of the word success. Success is not how much money you have, how much power you have. But what moving the needle in success is this, when you're by yourself and there's nobody around, how well do you do what you do and can you do it better? And what you're doing, how will it affect other people and can you do it better? And what is your ability in life? That's how you move a needle. I've done this very, very well. And I've done it in such a way that I can now do it in half the time. Well, what do I want to do the rest of the time? Do I want to do nothing or do I want to do something that's a little exciting that just gives me that extra energy in that positive direction? So you have to take a choice sometimes. And it's called don't become complacent. You could be doing really well. My goal was, God, if only I can make 250000 a year out of Paul Mitchell when it gets bigger, me and my partner, Paul over in Hawaii and his girlfriend are set for life, right? And, uh, oh, my God, it's wonderful. We had no idea we'd get into a multi-million dollar situation. But as we got there, we realized, oh, my God, we could do better than this. We could grow a bigger company and affect more people because what we have is darn good. So moving the needle is believing in yourself and remembering that as you get good at what you do, you do it in half the time, sometimes a quarter of the time. Sometimes you only need 10 words opposed to 5,000 words to express something. Well, with the rest of the time, what do you choose to do? And my suggestion is choose to do, if you can, something that makes you feel good. Because if you feel good, you're not working. I tell people, they said, JP, when did you all of a sudden decide, you know, that you, you didn't want to work anymore or, or what? I said, I decided that when I started Paul Mitchell in 1980, because I loved it so much. It wasn't work. It was fun. I became part of it. I amalgamated with it and became part of it. So if you're a janitor, be the best janitor in the world. I can remember a time in high school at Stewart's Cleaners. He called me in after high school and said, Johnny, I want to talk to you. I worked here last night late, and I stayed upstairs in the mezzanine to take a little nap. And I dropped my watch on the floor and went to pick it up. And under my cot were those old metal cots, right? I noticed there was no dust. I moved the cot. There was suddenly no dust there. There wasn't any behind the, the cabinet right next to it. You move everything as if I am watching you. Stuart was a hard guy, and he was tight. He was the biggest tight one in the world. I mean, he squeaked. He was so tight. He looked me in the eye and said, Johnny DiGiorio, I'm going to give you a 25 cent an hour raise because you're that good at what you do. Oh my God. I was making a dollar and a quarter an hour. When I went to high school, a buck 50, I was probably the highest paid kid in the school. We didn't have a lot of money where I went to high school. Nice. But that was success. I did as a janitor better than I could only because I wanted to. I wanted my job. I wanted to do that job as best as I can, not because stewards were watching me. And Stewart found that out on his own. And here the squeaky guy gave me a raise. You know, it's amazing. Uh, I don't know if you know Mark Hansen, who is Chicken Soup. He wrote the Chicken Soup for the Soul books. Uh, he was one of our guests, an amazing guy. You, you two have some big similarities. Uh, one, he started off his entrepreneurial career selling uh, greeting cards also. So door-to-door -door sales and built himself up. But he also, he talked about complacency. He talked about that, you know, as we grow more and more successful, so many people settle. And, and and truly successful people that do that, that move the needle, just like you talked about, they're constantly looking, how can I be better? You know, one of the things that I know that I have been incredibly blessed with, and I know you have too, is you have surrounded yourself with amazing people. And, uh, and I know it is, I attribute a lot of my success, whether it was in the SEAL teams, it was the amazing people that I had who helped me survive my firefight, who I served with. It was my amazing family members. Now it's some of the amazing people that I get to work with in business. I also, one of the big strengths that I talk about is, um, is my, my mate, my spouse, my best friend. And I know you have gotten to meet the long-haired admiral, and she's just a ray of sunshine. 
Um, but you also have incredibly amazing people. And uh, how have the people around you, including, including your incredible wife, Eloise, help you to stay on course and move past those ambushes? And how can others make sure they're choosing wisely and building their relationships and having a strong team around them? I want to answer that in two parts. First of all, my first part is this. If any of your listeners have not read your book yet, they got to read your book. Your book is really a story of success. So I highly recommend they go out and get your book. Okay. Promote your book. You should promote it more. It's one of the best ever written. Okay. Thank you. Second of all, people. When I was in the 1980s building Paul Mitchell, I did everything myself. I wasn't a hairdresser. My partner wasn't a businessman. I mean, I did everything. And then I knew because I could do better than anybody else. As time slipped on, I found myself doing little details all the time that wasn't the best thing I should do. I'm better to talk to people, to think and organize. That's when I started hiring great people. So I'll give you an example. In the 80s, I hired a fellow named Luke Jake Vellis to reorganize our warehouse as a consultant. He was so darn good at what he did that I said, why don't you come on board as our warehouse manager? He was so damn good. This guy's incredible. He did everything better than I could. He eventually became our general manager, executive vice president, and then president and CEO of the company. He could do those things better than I could. So number one, you want to surround yourself in business or your life with a lot of real positive people, especially those that could do something better than you could do it and let them do it. Step aside. That was very hard for me to do, but I did it. And I noticed, oh my God, we really started blossoming and growing. Friends of my life, John Capra, Gary, and so many great friends of my life that are positive people. Surround yourself with positive people, okay? My family life, my wife, positive. The, the influence I get, positive. They may not agree with all the time I spend doing things. I and mean, why do you want to work anymore, you know, dad or JP or whatever? Why do you want to work anymore? You already have plenty of money. It's because it feeds my soul. It's what I want to do. It makes me happy. So I surround myself with happy people whenever I can. But more important, I try and find people that are sincere, that won't bullshit you, that'll pay you like it is, and care about others, not just themselves. And sometime in life, that's hard to find. I think most people were, were born pretty positive and, and good people. Along the way, different things happen that influence us to think a different way. I also found in my life that if I stay away from people, that are gossipers all the time, negative people. They want to gossip every time you talk to them. They have challenges in their life. Their frequency isn't high enough not to do that. A great example is the news. My God, you turn on the news, negative, negative, negative. We're going to scare you, fear, 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 fear. Well, shut the damn news off. Just shut it off. Okay, That's all you got to do there. Be around positive thought. If you start your day with negative thought, you end it with negative thought, the world's getting worse. These people are getting, et cetera, et cetera. But that's what's on your mind most of the time. Not that it's not happening, not that you should do something about it if you can, but don't dwell on it or have your conversation. Many conversations today are, this guy got shot and it wasn't really a peaceful rioter, or this person did that, or I hate this guy or I hate that guy, especially in politics. It's sad. It's America. They're, they don't feel America. They feel their re-election. Surround yourself with positive thought, positive people. And if someone, you're going to hire people and you have a job, you're going to hire people, hire someone that can do the job better than you can. And if you're a manager, if you're my manager working with me and you find somebody that can do the job better than you and you say, hey, this job should be for them. I know I would like that job, but they're much better than me. That's the kind of guy I want to take all the way to the top because he's the one that recognizes skill and will put it before anything else. I love it. It's, it's so critical. Uh, we are implementing a new system within uh, this new business, and that's what it's built on. What is better for the company? Uh, and it is those individuals that you can find that, that will help it grow. And I, I just oh, yeah. love this. I love what you're, I love what you're saying here. It's so true. And so many people allow their ego, fear, insecurity in the way, oh, yeah. that guy may take my job. Well, so what? So what? That's it's right. going to make it better for the best of everyone. And you'll look better in the eyes of those up on top. My God, I give you an example too of what I suggest. And when you do something, give. Like my mom had my brother and I give, we had nothing but a dime to give for the whole year, but we gave. I'll give you an example of building a business with kindness and giving along the way. This is why I knew Endeavors. It's Rocket Phones, okay? It's a very sophisticated phone, a smartphone, but it has a Wi-Fi system, also Rocket Wi-Fi. In fact, right now we have 27 countries that want us to Wi-Fi it. So where do we start? I finance this. I put money into it as an investor. And I sat with my partner, Jonathan. I said, 
let's start our company, our Wi-Fi by giving. You want to know we Wi-Fi first? In East Texas, the entire village of Mobile Loaves and Fishes, the community, 240 homeless people that we put into a home, a nice little house, and they have vegetable gardens to work in all organic, a wood shop, a metal shop, an auto shop, work to do there to get on their own feet. We're building another 400 homes right next to it. We Wi-Fi the entire village, gave every, didn't charge a dime, gave every one of them a rocket phone. Everyone got a rocket phone. Oh, there's my daughter on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Love Everyone it, yeah. Them, everyone got a rocket phone, she, free. This way, the homeless can speak to anyone in the world over the Wi-Fi system we put in free of charge. And if you're homeless or without, boy, that telephone communication makes a difference. That's what we did first. Now we're looking at doing an entire country. And while we're doing that, we're looking at doing where my alma mater was years ago, downtown LA Compton that really impoverished area and cut. We're going to do that next. We're going to do Compton next and give them Wi-Fi. In other words, give along the way while you're still making business. When you give or you do something to incorporate your business into making the world a better place to live, everything comes to you. It's amazing what comes to you, not because you expect to be rewarded. The greatest you'll ever do for yourself is to give to someone else asking nothing in return. If you get something in return, it's a blessing. If you don't, you got the greatest high already. You did something without asking anything in return. But good people around you, good people, your family, your friends, those you really, really love, keep them very close. And there's very few that are that good. Never lose those. And if there's others out there that will qualify, give them the opportunity. If not, it's not they're bad people. They haven't reached a frequency where it's more harmonious. And that's what we want. Happy people, smiling people. JP, where can people learn more about Rocket Ventures and uh, and get involved in that if they're interested? Yeah, it's really pretty cool. If they go online to Rocket, R-O-K-I-T, like a rocket ship, not R-O-C-K, R-O-K-I-T, rocket.com, you'll see rocket phones, rocket Wi-Fi, a lot of things that we're doing in all the countries we already have contracts on. But it's quite a thing. By the way, I'll also let you know with the phones, we came out with a superior phone at less than half the price of what its competitors would sell for and it's the same quality, same everything. So we think it's the greatest good for the greatest number. Let's put super smartphones in people's hands. At the same time, let's make sure it is something that is definitely something people can use and it's reasonable. So we're not looking at gouging people. We're looking at making things easy. Like the stay at home, it has telemedicine on it. So, you know, you're staying at home now, you get on there and just for a few dollars, okay? I think it's $9 a month to be a member. Your whole family's on that, by the way, for only nine bucks. But And that never costs you more than that. But if you need a doctor, I think it's 30 some odd bucks. You got a doctor to do whatever you need. Does he need a prescription? He wants to give you advice. And I believe about 70% of all illnesses, the doctor could have taken care of. He would have seen you at home. Bing, you didn't have to come to the office. So it's things like that. They have all, all kinds of extra insurances, live insurance, all kinds of stuff through the mobile phones, like one-stop shopping. R-O-K-I-T.com. And, uh, it's a company that started giving away things, giving them away to people in need before they ever made a dollar. I love it. There are so many people out there. You know, technology is the is the great divide. There's so many people in the world that don't have it. You know, it's one of the things that we're looking at in, uh, in our company. It's streaming technologies, newer streaming technologies. And we even have a language capability where we can do tran- instant translation, uh, which is pretty fantastic stuff to try and exactly that, bridge this divide and bring this world closer there's a here in America though there's a growing view with some of the some a lot of younger Americans that this idea of that people that have achieved success are bad and that that there's this massive growing divide and and that you know they're never they could never achieve this so instead we should redistribute wealth and do all kinds of crazy things and I have met so many amazing people who have achieved a level of success, individuals like you. This entire show has talked about how hard you worked. Nothing yep. was given to you. You earned everything you did. And, and virtually 95% of every highly successful people I've met, that has been the common theme. How do we encourage the younger generation that's out there that the American dream is still alive, that hard work and grinding through can help you achieve success? You are it. How do you encourage them? A show like yours, a great example. Your show, your show encourages people. It shows them that America works. 
if I, a high school student, and I wasn't straight A's, okay, but I was a high school student, I graduated and a proud server of the United States Navy here. If yeah. I can do it and start homeless, homeless after being fired from several jobs and I could do it, anyone could do it. I lived in my car. You got to believe in yourself. If you guys could run it down, it could take you another week before it's online again. Get a DVD called Good Fortune. Good Fortune. It was a history on me. It came out about four years ago. They just told me they took it off temporarily. They're changing distributors on uh, you know, iTunes, whatever that is. So in another month, it'll be back up again. Cost you $4, whatever I believe. It's but an amazing it's show, guys. I got to watch it with uh, JP out in Sturgis when it came out, and uh, it was awesome. Well, they're in Deadwood, actually. Now, let me give you one other, okay? One of the politicians that was running... Uh, came up to me one day and said, you'd be great because you want to lead with love. What a great thing to do. What are your ideas on taxes? And she said immediately to me, oh my God, all you guys like you that are millionaires or billionaires, whatever, we're going to have a, a wealth tax. We're going to reduce your, your worth every single year. Some of us want to do it 2%, others 8%, but we're going to do it. And I said, young lady, have you ever heard about the giving pledge? She goes, no. I said, figures, okay. You want to take away people's wealth? Let me tell you about the giving pledge. There's 180 of us, approximately, that are Americans, okay? I'm one of them. Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, I could go on and on. The giving pledge are billionaires or close to billionaires, okay? Which will admit some that are almost billionaires, right? But how do you join the giving pledge? One, a good person that we want to be around, but more important, you pledge. These are billionaires. We have pledged to give away half our fortune while we're alive or after we die or a combination of the two. And you want to reduce our overall holdings when people like us, you, you, you'd have us, uh, half of our fortune would be gone within seven or eight years. It'd be gone. It's not there anymore, which means there'd be less giving away. And she says, well, maybe I'll give you guys two years and then I'm coming after you. I said, ma'am, God bless you. America does still work. It really does. Socialism doesn't work. Look at what's happened when France went too far one way. Look what happens all over the world. Right now, if you look at Venezuela, what a great example. Oh Horrifying. It doesn't work. It does. I don't care what everybody promises you. I believe it was Margaret Thatcher that said this. You all want to start taxing all the wealthy people? Tax them all you want until they run out of money. Exactly. What are you going to do? It, it, I, exactly. You know? And it so is. Uh, I love people, it. You want, there's good ones out there, some really good ones out there. And you guys have said, I love this giving pledge that you guys do. And I've seen it. I've witnessed it. I've had the great yeah. opportunity and fortune to meet so many successful people and every one of them to a T like you give back. I mean, you and I have done multiple uh, charity events, your PLH organization. <laughs> so I agree. It should be the people that continue to give back with things like you're doing with the, uh, with the, uh, uh, bread and or fishes and loaves foundation and the uh, community, the people making a difference. If we give it to the government, unfortunately, the government gets sidetracked. And next thing you know, the money's going in all sorts of different oh, directions. Too much. Oh my God. The red tape's incredible. You can go online also guys and type in uh, peace, love and happiness foundation or JP's peace, love and happiness foundation. You'll see some of the ways we change people's lives not just feed them, but show them how to feed, build gardens for them, show them positive thoughts and such. So it really changes them. doesn't give them a bad day. It gives them a direction in life. JP, I got two more questions, and it's really about you. You, you know, you, you really, um, you are the epitome of the American dream, and, and I love it. Uh, I, it's what I fought for. It's what I believe in. I know the flame of American freedom still burns brightly. There are a lot out there that say, oh, well, it's flickering now, and it's going to go out. Well, no, it's not. Because there are too many people out there like you, like me, who believe in it and will continue to feed it. We will feed that flame. But what JP is an individual. I teach something called the Pentagon of Peak Performance. It's five key areas that I believe leaders need to have to be balanced in their life. Physical leadership, mental leadership, emotional leadership, social leadership, and spiritual leadership. I know that you have all of these areas of your, li your life. But for all of us, we are stronger in some areas and weaker in others. Which one do you feel like is one of your strongest areas? And which one is one that you have to watch yourself more in? Like, hey, you know, I'm slacking a little bit in this area because it's my weaker area. Well, I'd say the strong area is anything dealing with motivation, 
in that area, anything dealing with motivation or giving people the opportunity, but watch them along the way. My weakest area is not speaking up quick enough when someone's really screwed up. I try and do it the nicest way I can, where in many cases, I've got to be a little bit stronger, still considerate of them being a little stronger and be tolerant. Uh, like, for example, if there's a family member that's really screwed up, you tell them and they totally disagree with you. You have to understand that it's not because what you're saying is wrong. There's so much in their own belief. They don't want to be wrong. And many human beings are this way. So keep yourself open, people. And I try and keep myself more open to realizing that and not judging. But, but you're wrong, not judging them that way. So I learned the great word. I can appreciate exactly what you're saying. However, and then I give them my viewpoint. Softens the blow. That, that's a great use right now because, boy, there are a lot of divided people. Oh, yeah. um, I, I recently had a post. Um, I, I won't even get into it. it the post was not um, – there was nothing about it that was political, but there were people that took it in that political view. And I just said, you know, that's a great way to look at it in this day and age. I appreciate where you're coming from, but I don't agree, and here's why. So we need more of that in this incredibly divided country right now. All right, JP, I want to ask you the last question. If we were to summarize John Paul DeJoria into one word, you know, the legacy that is John Paul DeJoria, what would that word be? Positive. Very positive. I love it. I, I love it. <laughs> and, and you are. And I think, you know, the, so many people downplay. I mean, so many people that just feed off that negativity. I've spent a lot of time with you. You are, you are an inspiration and you're an icon of positivity. I try and do the same thing. And uh, man, it is your attitude that will determine the outcome. It is that positivity, that relentless belief that, hey, I may be at point A, but I know I have the ability to get to point B. You have lived it. You have created amazing brand recognition with Paul Mitchell, Patron. I can't wait to see where Rocket Ventures goes. Uh, we're going to wrap up the show, but I just want to say for anyone out there, you know, if they want to learn more about you, if they want to learn more about PLH Charity, uh, any more about Rocket, is there anything else that you're doing that people should be aware of that they can get involved? Maybe these given initiatives or there's certain programs. You're doing a lot in Sub-Saharan Africa. I mean, how can people get involved in that? Well, if you go online to JP's Peace, Love, and Happiness Foundation, it gives you an idea of some of the things we're doing in Africa to make everything self-sufficient for children that are orphans. Parents have died of AIDS. We have thousands we take care of every day. We give them an education and a way in life. So if you take a look at some of those things, but I want to say something else everyone can do. I'm doing it more in my life now this last year. Get more spiritually involved. Spend time by yourself. There is a God out there. You just got to let him in and just be quiet. Sometimes just be quiet and just feel all the goodness around you in nature. Be quiet. Don't do anything. And just feel it. Get more spiritual. We're, we're all one. We're all from the same God, man. You know, let's just all love each other. Peace, we're, love, and a lot of happiness. Yeah, we are all human. There is no doubt about it. All right. JP, an honor to have you on. Thank you for the time Thank on you, the Moving the Needle podcast. Guys, if you haven't checked JP out, if you haven't checked out some of the things he's doing, go check out Peace, Love, Happiness Charity, JP's Peace, Love, Happiness Charity. I have gotten to work with him on some amazing projects. He is truly, truly, truly the example of the American dream. And that American dream can be accomplished by any of you out there that are listening. Every one of you has it in you to be the next JP. And gosh, I can't tell you guys, this country needs it. We need leaders. We need new needle movers. We need the next JPs. JP, thank you so much. And by the way, the guys, show. one last thought. If you're living in your car, put your pillow behind the steering wheel because there's more room at the passenger side to flip your legs over while you're sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the closing comment, how to sleep in your car. So I love thank it. You. Pleasure. All right, guys, we're having an amazing interview with John Paul DeJoria. We are in part two, Moving the Needle with JP. And I got to tell you, I mean, part one was amazing, just packed with so much information. I mean, a guy who is a billionaire with a capital B. And I tell you what, they're just pieces. Uh, part two, our after action for part two, so many amazing pieces. One of the things I want to talk about is 
He talked a lot about you've got to believe in yourself and do whatever you're going to do. I don't care what you do. I don't care what job you're put into. Believe in yourself and the ability to do it and then do it to the best of your ability. He talked at one point being a janitor and it wasn't just making things look good. He made sure that everything, moving furniture and it created a direct impact on his life. He got a raise just because the guy saw what, how much attention to detail he put into what he was doing. And here's the thing. As you believe in yourself, as you do things to the best of your ability, you're going to become more efficient. You're going to become better at it. And this is where you're able to do things faster and faster and faster. As you do it more, you're going to do it in less time. A great friend of mine, I talk about this in the book Overcome, he talks about time collapsing. When you do things more, when you learn how to do it better, you will find other people to be able to assist you. You will find better systems to be able to do it. You'll even find mentors who can teach you how to do it faster and in less time. All of this comes down to time collapsing, which makes you better, which makes you be able to grow your business, which leads us to number two, surround yourself with the right people, hiring the right people, building the right team, relentless positive people, this will enable you to scale. And I tell you what, JP talked about this in the beginning, uh, and there are a lot of people out there that have this problem. The best way to scale and grow, and one of the biggest reasons why so many organizations stall is a lack of ability, A, not hiring the right people, not seeking out people that are better, more talented, and B, not delegating and trusting those people. You bring in amazing people, man. Trust them. Give them the ability to execute. Figure out what you do best and focus on that. JP talked about he figured out he was really good at positivity. He was really good at creative ideas. And he found other people to help run the business and grow it. He talked about that hire he made who was better than him. And what did he do? He gave him his job. And it it enabled Paul Mitchell Hair Company to grow more than before. So many people allow their ego and their pride to get in the way. I did that once in my career. I mean, the Trident talks all about that, how I let my pride get in the way. I was too afraid to admit that I didn't know certain things. And uh, I tell you what, it will stall you and your company and your growth and your ability to be as successful as you have the potential to be if you allow your ego to get in the way. So never be afraid to hire people better and smarter than you. You will grow that much faster. You know, the next thing we talked about that I thought was amazing is highly elite, successful people, people that constantly move the needle in their lives, they never peak. I thought it was fascinating. Here's John Paul DeJoria, the founder of Paul Mitchell, a multi-billion dollar company, the founder of Patron that, Paul, that JP sold uh, just a couple of years ago for $5 billion. So here's a guy, he's been involved in billions and billions of dollars in sales. His net worth is through the roof. Yet he wanted to create a new company to give back. So he created Rocket mobile phones and uh, Rocket uh, technologies, the Wi-Fi technologies. Why? Because he saw a problem. He saw a problem and he didn't want to sit around. He said, you know, doing these things makes me happy. And he's all about never peaking. He wants to keep going. Another thing he talked about in my Pentagon of Peak Performance, I talk about the five key areas that leaders need to be balanced. And what I love that he talked about is great leaders, highly successful people, they know themselves. They know their strengths and they know their weaknesses. And this enables us to focus on our strengths and hire other people for our weaknesses and reduce those weaknesses. You know, JP talked about that his strongest areas were mental and emotional leadership, his ability to think, his ability to uh, create solutions, his ability to motivate. And he said his weakest area is oftentimes he doesn't speak out fast enough against people that, you know, may not be performing at the highest levels. I guarantee he's probably got people that help him with that because he's, he's a smart enough guy to surround himself with people to address those weaknesses. We have to do that in our own lives. In the SEAL teams, we're only as fast as the slowest man. Why? Because we know, you know, we all have to elevate our game, but we can't leave anybody behind. We know our strengths. We know our weaknesses, and it makes us ruthlessly effective on the battlefield. All right, guys, I want to wrap up with the last thing. It's JP's word. And this word, man, two minutes of motivation on JP's word, and his word was positivity, man. Choose positivity. There is so much negativity in the world. All you have to do is turn the news on if you want to be depressed. I mean, literally, instead of turning the news on, just get out of bat and hit yourself in the face. 
you will have the same impact. It will hurt and you'll regret doing it. That's basically what the news is doing today. Choose positivity. Surround yourself with positive people. I cannot tell you how much positivity will drive. Your attitude will determine the outcome. And if you focus on negativity all the time, I got bad news. You are going to get mired in negativity. You definitely will not move off that X because the X is built on negativity, depression, pain, anguish, crisis, chaos. It is positivity that will drive you forward. There is no surprise in my mind why John Paul DeJoria is a multi-billionaire, why he is making an impact in this country and in this world, because he focused on positivity. Never forget, people, you have a choice. You have a choice in the face of negativity. Choose positivity and make a difference. That is Moving the Needle with Jason Redman. You guys can follow me on all the socials. Uh, I am... Hot and heavy on Instagram, Jason Redman Double Double. You can follow me on Facebook. You can follow me on YouTube. And never forget, guys, we need you to leave those amazing readings. Go on to iTunes, onto our podcast, The Moving the Needle Show with Jason Redman. Leave a five-star re- review. Subscribe to this show and make sure you are sharing with your friends. We will continue to put out amazing content with amazing guests to help you get off that X and move the needle in your life. I am out.